episode 362 after the whistle presented by seneca buffalo creek casino nothing else comes close right, we'll call this segment uh in bed with paul hamilton <laughs> sabers in bed with paul hamilton hamilton in bed with the sabers what's up paul how are you <laughs> how's the road trip well the road trip's great uh they the team got a win, so I'm sure they're happy about that. And I, I hate to say it, and a lot of the players are looking at me cross-eyed after the game, but I believe this. That was They had to have that win. I, I understand it's November. I understand it's Thanksgiving. I understand they're only four points back out of the playoffs, but they they had to win a hockey game there. They had lost three in a row. They had lost uh five out of seven or whatever it was and they had to win a hockey game there and i i think that was a very important win for them and i don't care what month it is just because they won doesn't mean we can eliminate the conversation if what if they had still alive what so tell me something what do you think happens if they lose that hockey game last night well nothing happens the heat gets turned up by the fan base and I mean, but they, they just go about their business and try to do better in the next game. But the thing that I'm the point I've gotten to is this. I think Granado's system works when it's done the way it's supposed to be done. When they get back and limit chances defensively, turn those into offense, get up ice with speed, which backs off the defense so they get into the zone easily and then head to the net and start getting quality shots on net, it works. But for whatever reason, and you wouldn't you think that after they play that way and they beat Colorado 4 nothing, and I'm going back to next year, or they win the game and play that way and win the game easily, wouldn't you think you would play that way most of the time and get to that game? They don't. Then they revert back to whatever. Whose whatever fault it is. is that, Paul? Well, that's that's what I'm getting at, and so the players don't do it. And I all last year, Granada, and he believes this. There's no question. I'm saying he's lying. He believes it. He believes that they will eventually get to that where they will play that way consistently, and then become a winning hockey team. Well. I'm to the point now after I heard that all last year, and I've heard it for the first month of this year, I'm not sure they're going to get to it. How 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 long well, can you fall on development? What's that? How well that's about development. His you know, the the thought down there is about these guys are learning, they're gonna figure it out. We're eventually gonna get it. But at what point is this not about development anymore and these guys need to, to play the right way? And Granado has said this is not about development anymore. This is this is about winning. He goes, we have to have a conviction that we're going to win a hockey game, not hope we're going to win a hockey game. We have to have the conviction that we are going to win it. And he has said multiple times that this season is now about winning. The development stage is, you know, they're on to the next stage. And I, all right, how do you get the players to play that way? The only way I know how to do that is when you're to this point and they don't play it consistently, whoever doesn't want to play that way can go sit in the stands and watch until they want to play like that. Well, you know, I, I just, I, I want to just add something here too to what you're saying. And it's, it, it's not even just about 
not wanting to play that way or not trying to play that way. Because I do believe that every time these guys are on the ice, they're trying. I don't think we have lazy hockey players. No, they don't. They don't. So uh, I think we have opportunistic ones, but I don't want to go down that path. I believe every one of these guys in their own right works hard. But at what point when things aren't going well for somebody, anyone in in particular that you want to pick that might be struggling and just say, hey, you're young. Go sit in the stands. Go sit in the press box for a night. Watch a game or two. They just did it with Patrick Laine in Columbus. Maybe for different reasons. Maybe not. I don't know. But it's okay. There's such a... It's so knee-jerking when you take... Let's just... I'm just going to throw a, a name out of here. Just a random one. Owen Power and say, hey, you are really struggling right now. He was... He was very good until that game where he was on the ice for all five goals against. And from that point on, it's like he's got the yips. And and it, it all right, the kid's 20 years old. Do you let him play through it as a 20-year-old and know that Owen Power is going to be good enough to get through it at some point? Or do you do what Petey's suggesting is say, hey, because they've sat, they've done that with some young players. They did it with Quinn, they did it with Paterka. They did it with Krebs. It said, guys, all right, let's take, they did it with Benson. Let's take a breath. Let's take a, you know, go sit in the stands, take in a game or two. We're going to put you right back in the lineup. Is that, can you do that with Owen Power? And should they do it, Craig, with Owen Power? No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put him in the stands um, at all because I don't think he's, I don't, I don't think he's played well. I don't think he's played horrible. He's also playing a lot of minutes. Like there's games where he's playing more minutes than Rasmus Dahlin, right? And there's there's things in his game where we're gonna sit here and we're gonna say he's he's young, he's 21 years old, he's only the second year in the league, um, he's still learning. But there's things that I think, and I don't know if this is happening. I I can't I can't uh, uh, attest to this, but he needs to be coached. He needs to be coached. I don't give, I don't care if he's Owen Power, the first overall pick. He is a player that is still learning. He's still young, but he's making mistakes. And if he's going to make mistakes and play soft hockey, and he's, you know, again, you talk about playing defense, Paul. I mean, there's games where he doesn't look like a defenseman. He looks like a rover. He's like half forward, half defense. But that's that's when he's at his best. Usually, is when he is a rover. I think at times. No, I don't think so. It's good for him. It's not good for the team. I've seen him do it. I've seen him do it and and do it well, and not get caught. I've also seen lately him do it, and he has problems with it because, I right now I think his confidence is shot after that game, and I don't think he's gotten it back yet. But again, who, you know, what kind of defenseman is own power? Is he is he Rasmus Dahlin? Is he a, no. you know an offensive puck producing freak or do we no. need a guy that like, I don't see, I don't, again, Petey and I talked about this the other day, Victor Hedman and, and Petey was like, well, he's not going to be Victor Hedman. We can't, we can't talk about him being Victor Hedman. I think he could be, but he needs to take a step back and not worry about filling the net offensively and being a puck moving solid. He's a beautiful skater. He defends well. He's just right now. I don't know if, if Don Granado is just like, we're going to, we're going to go on offense. We're just going to win games offensively and just go, go, go push the pace. Yeah. But I think but the at, point at some want... time there's no, stru- the Sabres don't look like they're structured defensively. 
but they, they have that when they do it the way he he's, he wants them to play it, which is play defense and waves, you know, quickly, quickly stop the play and cut it off and turn and get up ice and go and go quickly. But the defensive part of it is, is what they talk about that the defensive part of it feeds the offensive part of it. And that's the problem I have with it is they don't do it enough. And then you get those goofy turnovers that they love so much. And then they, last year, they were one of the top teams in the NHL at odd number situations against them. And it was all because of turnovers, bad decisions. And that's right now, if you'd say, well, what's the biggest problem you see with Owen Power? I think it's right now is decision-making. You know, it's it's not as good as it was earlier in the year. And again, I just think he has the yips, which I don't think he will have forever. I think Owen Power is probably going to develop in a very good as a very good defenseman in the NHL. But I have seen that roaming thing. I saw it as a rookie last year, and he he doesn't get caught all that often. You know, he's roaming, and but you, when the puck is gets out of the zone, he gets back there. And he doesn't get caught with it all that often. And I've never, I, I've actually kind of liked it, but he's got, when he's doing it with confidence, not doing it with uh-oh in the back of his mind. And right now I think he's playing with uh-oh in the back of his mind. And what you said about Hedman was, took him five years. It took Hedman uh, quite some time to to figure out his game. What he was when he was 18 and what he was when he was 22 Darlene, was a completely different. A, a few years, right? Like Darlene Remember what Darlene was getting until not last year, the year before, when Don Granado decided he was going to defend Rasmus Dahlin no matter what. It worked. He wasn't being truthful at the podium sometimes when he was telling us how great Rasmus Dahlin was in a specific game. But Rasmus Dahlin took that to heart that, hey, my coach has my back. And all of a sudden, the improvement came in leaps and bounds. But that's exactly because people wanted to talk about well, you know, I said, look at a defenseman as good as Hedman. Do you think he just walked into the NHL at 18 and was what he is now? Mm-hmm. No. Do you think Eric Carlson just walked into the NHL and became an all-star defenseman? No. I mean, they, they, they it took them, as you mentioned, three to four years. It took Darlene three to four years. And we're talking about Owen Power. I think he will be fine eventually, but he's struggling right now. What is he, Paul? What kind of defenseman is he? I don't think he's going to put up great offensive numbers. I don't think you're going to be bowled over by the offensive numbers that he he puts up. I think he can chip in at times in the offense. I, I don't think he embarrasses himself offensively. I think one of the reasons he doesn't do well offensively is, and, and I think that's one of the problems when he's on the power play. Nobody has to respect his shooting because he doesn't shoot. So that kind of takes one option away for the penalty kill. They're going, okay, he's going to get the puck at the top. He's not going to shoot it. So we don't really have to worry about that. We can worry about other parts of the power play. So I think they need to convince him to find holes to get shots through. And I think he would be better offensively that way. But I don't think he's ever going to be in the top 10 defensive scoring of defensemen. So what kind of defensemen, if the, if the Buffalo Sabres win a Stanley cup three years, four years from now, they're going to win the Stanley cup because Owen power does what? Is is rock solid defensively. Is good getting the puck out of his zone quickly. Oh yeah. That's it. You don't have, you don't have to say anything more, Paul. Mm -hmm. If they're going to win a championship, it's because Owen power is playing defense, not offense. He That's the area that he's struggling the most. 
It's not the speed of the game. It's not the offense. I don't care about his offense. The area that he's, when he's in front of the net, it's almost like he has no idea where anybody else is around him. He's very passive. There's no physicality. Doesn't lay a stick on anybody. He's struggling. He can lay a stick on people. The thing is, they didn't draft him to hit. But in in, in that other, it was against Boston, Heinen. He's just standing there. And Heinen is allowed to, to gobble up the rebound and score. And he is standing right next to him. What are you doing? You didn't lift his stick. You didn't hit him. You didn't knock him down. You didn't cover him. You didn't try to get the puck between him and the puck. You didn't do anything other than just stand there. It was like he was mesmerized. And that but power. So, yeah, okay. I don't expect this don't... team. What's win that? Win a Stanley Cup. Owen Power will help this team win a Stanley Cup when he is prepared to play an insanely good defensive brand of hockey. Now, here's the thing. He's got offensive talents, better offensive talents and skating mobility and stuff than 80% of all defensemen in in the league. But in order for this team to win, like win a lot of games, he has to be the best defender on the ice. And I don't think right now that they have that in his head. They think that, you know, he's make, he's, he's going to think to himself as a, as a very young hockey player that I make eight and a half million dollars for the next number of years. And I'm going to have to produce offensively to, to justify. justify. My contract. And that's not the case. He's about, it, it's about winning hockey games. And I think that I love Owen power. I've talked with PD about him. I think he's amazing. All the people that are shredding him and this and that. I don't even know if there are people shredding him, but there are there people are. that that I talk to that are a little bit because unhappy. he doesn't hit. He doesn't need to hit, but there needs to be a little element. Like, listen, Rasmus Dahlin is not paid eleven million dollars to go out and and crush uh, people. But and don't get tell nasty. me that's not. Don't tell but me that's not something you don't love about him. He's he got a, he's got some he nasty in him. Somebody stepped up on somebody last but he night. De- he developed into that. At 18, 19 years old, he wasn't a pain in the butt out there. He wasn't making people mad at him, chasing him all over the ice. He developed into that, realizing he also first he hit. got stronger. He got he also stronger. hit Paul back in when he was 18 and 19. But we're not talking about an 18 and 19-year-old Rasmus Dahlin. We're talking about a 21-year-old Owen Power. There's a big difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and Owen Power, he did part of his developing in college hockey, where Rasmus Dahlin did his developing in the National Hockey League. Yes. So and this yeah, is no, this I, is I, not I, a. I uh... But he's never going to be the hitter that a lot of folks want him to be. But you can you can be tough to play against. You've heard me say this on your show before. Hitting doesn't win in the NHL, but what does win in the NHL is being tough to play against, and that's that's what I they need out of him where. Players know that, you know, all right, we stand in front of the net. We're not just going to stand here. He He's going to cover us. He's not going to let us get the puck. We're not going to be open for rebounds. Um, when when he's on and has confidence, he competes all right in the, in the corner. But, again, he's not going to kill people. And Samuelson, he, he gives you the odd hard hit, but he doesn't hit people all over the ice all the time. Samuelson plays smart with his brain. Yep. You know, he he knows how to kill plays. He knows how to position himself. That even when he looks beaten, he's got that reach where he can get the stick out 
And again, he's hitting a little more this year than he has in the past. He's gotten some big hits, but that's not his game. That's not, you know, what you're looking for out of him. And Owen Power has to get better at killing plays and then getting getting the puck up ice. And, uh, and you're right, he doesn't have to join the play every time. It's great when a defenseman does join the play. But once he has that confidence in his own end on defense, I think a little bit of offense will come with it. But right now, and and I have asked, and they say they do go over a lot of film with him defensively. The coaches are constantly, you know, sitting in film sessions with him, talking with him one on one about his game. So I'm not there, but I'm just telling you what what I was told. And and listen, I'm I am uh, I'm a huge Owen pa- uh, Power fan, and he is still developing. He is still developing, um, but there there would be things that I would be guiding him um, into developing, and that's a little bit more of a nasty streak, especially in front of that net, especially in front of that net. You need to defend that goaltender like it's your like it's your wife, and no yeah, one they let that no Boston get- game get away from them because they had chances on Allmark and didn't capitalize. And every time the Bruins came down, they capitalized. They're opportunistic because they're the Boston Bruins. And it's the way the Boston Bruins play. And there was, I gave you the example of power in that game. And there was another example for the Sabres in the third period where the puck was loose. Allmark kicked, put a rebound, maybe four feet in front of them. And there were three Sabres right there. They were there, but they didn't fight hard enough for that puck. Had any one of the three gotten it, they would have had an easy tap in in the net. But none of them fought hard enough, even though they were there, to get that loose puck. The Bruins do everything they can to get that loose puck. And guess who came up with the loose puck? The Boston Bruins did. Why is that? Why is that, Paul? Why is that? Why are we losing these battle drills because you know, because you know hockey in the game you know in general is all right, one-on-one battles. You know we won, right? Or I shouldn't say we. You know the Sabres won, right? And they not against two- Bo- not against Boston. We're talking about the Bruins. I know you are. <laughs> I'm just saying that was last week. We got Chicago last night, and they won. Well, no, but it, it, we- it's 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 a pattern, and I think for them to be a winning team, not only do they have to play the way they're supposed to defensively, but there has to be more want. Or if you do go to the and they don't go to the net enough, that's another problem they have. You know when they're there. Well, they get the tip-in goals and they get the rebound goals at times, but that that really stuck out to me because you were playing the best of the best. The Boston so, Bruins are the best team, and you didn't fight hard enough to get that rebound to score that goal. Hey, Andrew, you ever been in a car crash? I know you have because you're a terrible driver, but fortunately for me, I haven't. But I know who I'd call if it ever happened to me. Call our friends at Salino Law, eight hundred. 800- Five 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 five. For a car crash, call Salino eight hundred five 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 five. You looking for a nice little getaway? Seneca Allegheny Resort and Casino. Natural beauty meets true luxury. Surrounded by the lush hills of the rolling Allegheny Mountains, incredible views are second only to the outstanding accommodations and service 
Enjoy the AAA Four Diamond Resort, complete with luxurious rooms and amenities, expansive dining options, and of course, world-class gaming nestled in the foothills, just a short drive from the quaint village of Ellicottville. Go to SenecaAlleghenyCasino.com for more details. We were texting during the game last night. How did you feel about the team last night against the Hawks? I think it's disappointing. I think it's disappointing to watch when we're in a 2-2 game against the Chicago Blackhawks, who last year were third, who literally had their entire team dismantled, okay, and came third last year. Third worst team in the league. I look at them this year. They are clearly one of the one of the they're in a transition, like a a very early um rebuild. The Sabres have been rebuilding with first overall picks and high-end first overall uh, first-round draft picks for years, years and years. We are way past the stage of what Chicago is, okay? They're at the right at the beginning, like their first year into it. We're, I don't know how many years into it, Paul, and to me, it literally looks, watching the game, why are we not dominating Dominated. And I'm not, Why are we and not, I'm not saying I'm not saying that Chicago doesn't have a team that can give pushback. But why are we not dominating large stretches of the game? Because I didn't see it. I didn't what see bothered it. me about that. What bothered me about that game was I thought they played a good road first period. They were fine. Now build on that. Build on that and kick it in in the second period and play better. And just like they did in Winnipeg, they built into that third period and then played a very, very good third period. And Hollebuck stood on his head. And unfortunately, if you're a Sabres fan, you're down two goals by the time you got to your game and you yeah. could only get one back. Didn't die. What happened in that game in the second period is they took two penalties in the first four minutes of the period and it, it killed them. It's like, well, so what? Okay, you took two penalties. Why can't you get to your game once those penalties are over? But for whatever reason, they couldn't get their momentum that they maybe had built up in the first period back. And they just were like, as you said, they were like the same as the Blackhawks. It just became a soft period. Blackhawks probably had a little bit better in the period. And then the Sabres found a way to win in the third period. But why do you let two penalties like that? And I know you got the same guys killing penalties. And I know they're guys sitting for four minutes. But why can't you get your momentum back once those penalties are over? Did Don Granato lose his shit in Winnipeg in between periods? Did I hear that? Yeah. he went, And also, I would tell you, practice the next day was, and they, they are, let me, let me stress, they are not a team that I think, I have seen this team under Ralph Kruger. They were one of the worst practice teams I've ever seen. I mean, they were, practice used to drive me insane watching how bad practice was. So they they practice much better. I don't I don't say they're not a good practice team, but I think he got out of them before practice too the next day because what I saw in practice, it was short, but it was hard. Every drill was top speed, and they were going top speed. Frebs in a three on three, he goes down and blocks a shot in practice, you know, and it looked like he might have hurt himself doing it. Wow, they're at and, that point. And the whole team that got the whole team fired up. Wow. And it's like, okay. So <laughs> I, I said to myself, he got on him before practice too. Just watching 
how much faster they were oh, in practice awesome. the way they went. Well, got him a win. Got him a win. Are we going to see Levi in Washington? My guess is yes. I think they're still in a rotation. So what are um, your thoughts on the In three my mind, goaltending is not their problem this year. I, I think their goaltending is good enough that they should be in the playoff. This team, let's bottom line this. Going into last night's game, Last year, this team was seven and ten after seventeen points. This year, they're seven, nine, and one, and that is inexcusable. There is no reason why this team should have the same record as last year's team. This team should be a better team. They and and then they're not. And to me, that is inexcusable. They should be in the playoff race now. They should not be on the outside. And it's only four points. It's not time for panic or anything like that. You can make up four points in a real big hurry. They're only four points out of the playoffs, but this team should not be out of the playoffs. They should not have the same record as last year. They should, a lot of these guys should be better. Um, I, I just, I, I like Ryan Johnson added to your defense. I think that makes your defense better. The goaltending is better. Can't Their goaltending has been good enough to be in the playoffs right now. Is there a concern me, at all, Paul? That, that um is there a concern at all and and we we discussed this before the season started that you had Rasmus Dahlin, Casey Middlestadt, Jeff Skinner, Cage Thompson, Alex Tuck, Dylan Cousins all have career years. Career years. Was there a little concern all of those guys hit a career year and now we're expecting the same production when, Hey, a career year is called a career year because it's out of the, out of the ordinary. Okay. Um, is this team taken a, a slight step back from those career years? And now this is what we're getting. And maybe I'm naive and I will, if you say that, I will admit that, but I was expecting them. To, to have that same production. And maybe I'm naive by expecting that. But just because of the types of players they are. And they are just, they seem to do have a thirst to get better. But I'm wondering, and I'm, I'm a little surprised I would have to say this, but were they full of themselves when they got back this year? Okay. I'm thinking... Well you how, know, is hey, that, how is that even possible, Paul? Yeah. When you've missed the playoffs saying, how 12 years possible? in a row. I'm just throwing that out there. Maybe they weren't. I'm just saying, but were they? Is that what part of the problem is that of of what we've seen so far this year, that some guys have had trouble getting offense. Were they full of themselves, you know, with the way they played last year? Let's just look at those guys. Let's just look at those guys for a second that had career years. Darlene, I'm fine with what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with what he's doing. I'm really happy with Darlene's play. Even if he was making 11 million this year, I'd be fine with what he's doing. Yep. Skinner. No complaints. Well, maybe a couple. His, his controller broke against Boston. There, there's been a couple, you know. But that's, but that's Skinner though. He's performing. I don't, I don't give a shit. He's, you know, we're getting everything we can out of him. He's got, he's. Well, can, again, side, can I have, can I have a side year? note on Skinner, Paul? And and you would probably know better than anybody, because I'm just spitballing here. Is there a market for Jeff Skinner? The way teams at this point of a season, yeah, maybe in the summer, 
but I don't, it'd be hard for teams to take on a $9 million salary cap hit right now. And the Sabres could keep well, some of that not. money. You're going to take four and a half and then you're going to give them one of your prospects as well. And you're just going to be like, see you. Yeah, that's, it, it would be tough right now for a team to be able to do that under the cap. And Jeff Skinner, what did he do last year? He added assists, a lot of assists. Yeah, you talk about career year. Yeah. He had a career year at assists. And it made him such a better player. Fantastic passer. He was always Tage Thompson. He was a good player, but it made him a better player. And I'm not seeing those assists this year that I saw last year. Again, maybe I was naive thinking that they all could. Casey Middlestad, happy with what he's doing. He's got 14 points in 18 games. I think that's, I'd look for that to get higher as well. Tage Thompson could use a a few more points, but it's it's not a fall off. Once Alex he got Tuck, going, it, it is got a to, fall off. But once he got going, he at least is in the. Yeah, yeah I think he's but, on a thirty some I, but, odd goal but, but pace. I mean, we're, but we're not talking about Dylan Cousins. Eight points in sixteen games. I'm sorry, <clears throat> that is not good enough. Victor Olafson, three points in twelve games. These are the guys that you need secondary scoring with. These are the guys that you expected to like. Paterka's doing his job. They're like, getting so those, no secondary scoring at all. None. none. And you can't win that way. How many well, times but, have we but sat wait a minute, here and Paul, talked but we about... brought back all the same forwards as last year. What were we supposed to expect? In fact, we uh, have all, our all secondary scores from last year are not even secondary scores this year. Yeah. At and all. I, I still don't think this team is built correctly. We've talked about this until we puked that, you know, that <clears throat> how they need a third line that can be hard to play against and that can contribute. And they're getting absolutely what, what, what's happened to Peyton Krebs? I mean, I liked Peyton Krebs last year. I, I sit there and watch now. He's a shell of what he was. I, I don't understand what's happened to him. And he's not, I mean, he's got one point this year. What's no, his no, role? No, what's no. his role on the team, Paul? Same role he had last year when he, when he, what's when that? he did help the team. He, Gergensen's in a Poso last year, I believe were the second, uh, as far as the def- second best defensive line in the national hockey league. And they would get offensive zone time. It was proven by numbers that they would be okay. in the offensive zone on the four check. So and you like it, him in, in the fourth line position. I think with what they he's not going to play center with cousins and and he's not going to be up in that with Middlestat, Thompson, well, he, and Cousins. He was given so opportunity he, to get up there, Paul. And that's the whole point is a lot of these players are still young enough where they're not accepting of a position and a role on this team right now. Peyton Krebs does not want to be a fourth-line center. Well, last year he did accept it. And he, because he was he, 21. Yeah. Well, he better now accept he, it Now he's, he's in not, the last year of his contract, yeah, and he doesn't well, want to play on the fourth line. He wants to play well, on the third line, maybe the second. Well, then he's going to have to go play somewhere second. else because that's going to be his role. He's not going to beat out Cousins. He's not going to beat out Middlestat, and he's not going to beat out Thompson. He's just not. So if he wants to be on this team, that's the role he's going to have to but accept. But he's played on the wing. Accepted... What's that? He's, he's played on the wing multiple times bit. this season. I, I don't. He was better on the wing this year, but I still don't like him on the wing. I think yep. he's a much better center than he is a wingman. But again, he he's typically been a, a center his entire life. Now he's he on has. the wing. He's he got put with at one point he got put with Dylan Cousins one game. He's played with Casey Middlestad another game. He's played on upper level lines. He is not, and I repeat, not okay with being on the fourth line center. So I ask you, what is his role on the team? He doesn't have one yet. I'm telling you, that's his role. 
He, I was no, just no, going to no. say, Craig, his, his initials, his initials should be WK. Who knows? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know that, but, I, you know, I'm like chomping at the bit to get with the Cousins here. Because last year, Cousins had a very defined role. He was the number two center behind Tage Thompson. Now, Casey Middlestat has played extremely well and has taken over that role. So Dylan Cousins has basically been just shuffled around from shift to shift. He's on wing. He's on center. He's with these forwards. Now he's with these forwards. Dylan Cousins, to me, his head is spinning. He doesn't know where he's supposed to be, who he's supposed to be playing with, what his role is. And Dylan Cousins is a very passionate guy, and he's also a guy that can get upset quickly. And I think he just is right now just floundering, oh, what what am I supposed to be doing on this team? Now, maybe this injury to Tate Thompson will settle him down once he gets that stupid mask off that he has to wear. That is killing him right now. I mean, the the, the vision that you lose with that thing, he turns the puck over constantly because I don't think he can see. He has no, no I've that's asked not, him. That's not, that's I've not. asked him. He has no peripheral vision. That's that, the swelling that mask is pose. killing him right now. That's from but the swe- that's beside his, the point. What's beak. that? That's from the swelling in his beak. <laughs> I know why he's wearing it. No, I know he had, a, saying, he had a broken what nose, and the doctors are making him wear, it and he hates it. But on top of that, though, he, it's just he is. I don't think he understand. He knows what his role is because every shift he's somewhere else. And what I was think his it's, role last year? Paul? What's that? What was his role last year? He was the number two center behind number Thompson. two center and. And he played on the power play. He played on the number one power play with with the big boys, and he scored goals. But he's he not produced. He's been points. on the number one power play for most of this year, and he has not produced. Nor has more. Nor has any of the rest of them. It's twenty eighth in the league, Paul. No one's produced. So why is Dylan Cousins yeah. coming off that? He's he, they paid him seven million dollars a year to be one of the big boys, and now all of a sudden. He's playing wing. He's playing center. He's all over the place. He broke his nose. He should have dropped his gloves and protected himself, but that's another friggin' story. Then he apologized for well, it. We got to get to then that. We got to get to that. It. I need to know. I need to know why Dylan Cousins, Alex Tuck, guys like that are getting hurt when you have a guy like Rob Ray in your organization. Why hasn't somebody on that coaching staff asked Rob Ray, you know, hey, could you come on the ice and show these guys a little bit to help them so they don't get hurt? They don't need to be taught to fight. They need to be taught how to defend themselves. Okay. Okay. Yes. That's right. Dylan Cousins, Dylan Cousins took a stiff hit with two minutes left in the game. He made a decision at that point to cross check a guy who's six foot two, 220 pounds. That is a very scrappy player in this league. After mm-hmm. he's cross-checked him to the ice, he engaged this player, which the player that he knocked down from behind, you better be ready to get things going. The guy gets mm-hmm. up because he's enraged. He drops his gloves, starts throwing punches. Dylan Cousins didn't have his gloves off until... Three quarters the way into the fight. That is the only mistake that Dylan Cousins made in the entire fight. That's it. Dylan Cousins, six foot three. He's 205 pounds. He's a very strong kid and he does not need to win it 
He needs to defend himself. That means you better be ready to fight if you're going to play and cross-check certain guys like that. That's it. He doesn't need to be taught how to fight. He needs to be taught, take your head out of your ass and drop your gloves and protect yourself. But isn't that, isn't that something that Rob could teach them? I mean, Rob no, would probably he doesn't say need to teach them. Thing. Rob needs to go up to him and say, next time that happens, do the exact same thing, but you need to be ready to drop your gloves immediately and protect yourself. Well, that's teaching that is- him. You just got to teach him, and you got to tell him where to grab. All you got to like, do see, is ver- verbally go up to him and just tell him that. I don't need to go back and watch my fights, but my fights from man just changed because that's why I have so much respect for guys like Razor and these other guys for the way they fought for so long. Because I learned very early that if I'm going to last one more season or one more season, just one more year every year, in terms of just through fighting, never mind playing myself out of the league i had to change the way i fought and i had to defend myself against the guys that i was fighting i was fighting the toughest guys in the league so but every guy should defend themselves the same way whether it's me fighting brian mcgratton or it's or it's dylan cousins defending himself to fight garnet hathaway it's the same exact thing. It's where you grab everybody, depending on who you are. I, f- I didn't fight like you. I didn't fight like tough guys. I fought to defend myself because most of the guys I was fighting were, you know, guys that could hurt me. I didn't want to get hurt. So I, I, I fought in a way that I was going to stick up for anybody. But at the same time, I was going to try and not get get hurt. Okay, because the point of you sticking up for a teammate is not to go and win the fight and knock someone out. It's about being there and knowing that you're going to be there for your teammates. And I'm not there to kill guys and knock guys out. I'm there to to let other people on the other team know that I'm going to have this guy's back and then I'm going to go and defend myself because I don't want to get hurt. And that's the way that these guys should be doing it. You know, Alex Tuck, now that he probably watched his fight with uh, Kachuk, he would realize that why is he switching hands in a fight? He's not a fighter. Don't switch hands. Defend yourself. Just defend yourself. Deflate the situation. Go to the box and spend your five minutes of shame. And that's all they need to do. They did great. I am very pleased with Alex Tuck and how he handled himself. I'm happy that Dylan Cousins is, is I've always, I love Dylan Cousins the way, way you 100%, played. 100%. But they also need to know that you got to play chippy and nasty, understand that you're going to have to defend yourself and make sure that you're the first guy to drop your gloves to defend yourself. That's it. It's not that difficult. And that needs to be told because I don't know, are any of the coaching staff telling these guys that? Fighting is part of the game still. I doubt it. I doubt it. Last guy to kick the tires on here. Um, There's been a lot of discussion on on the youth on this team moving forward. Uh, Zach Benson won a position on this team as an 18 year old young guy um, played really, really awesome in, in, in the preseason with the, the, the rookies and then into the main camp and into the preseason. And now he's uh, he's eight games in um, where do you see him in this lineup moving forward or, or is there plans for this, this young guy to maybe go back to junior? Are you hearing anything about him? Well, he's got one more chance, and I'm hearing they absolutely these three games. He's played two of them, and I thought played pretty well in both of them. And he has one more, and that's going to really help in their decision. 
And, and, and if it were my decision, I would keep him here. I just don't see any reason for him to go to junior and get 135 points. And you know, what's, what's he going to get out of that? I don't, I, I think Confidence. he's going to get more. Eh, he's going to get bad habits. I think. I'd rather him get confidence here. I think he's been good enough oh, to he's, play he's here. He's had some prime scoring chances and hasn't scored. And then you wonder if that weighs on a kid. Like, does he? He's actually eighteen to, years old. I, if he was twenty, well, he didn't worry different. about it against Chicago. Well, then what's I he mean, need confidence for? Darlene set him up for a great chance, and he what did he do? He went and got the puck back, got up ice, set up Darlene, and set him down okay. the slot, and he scored. Then what does he need confidence for, Craig? Because that's the only thing that I could think of that he needs confidence. At such an early age, such a young, young age, there is nothing wrong with slowing a young man's development. Slowing, not speeding it up. He is 18. He's got all the time in the world. I would rather him go to junior and put up 130 points. If he can do that, go do it. Get put in all the situations to succeed. Continue to gain confidence in his game. It didn't hurt him up to this point. It didn't hurt him. Now he needs to go back to junior and be put in a situation where he's going to have pressure. Pressure on every single night. There's going to be a game plan for Zach Benson. Pressure to do what? To He'll be have five the best. Points without even trying. No, that's not true. Why what? isn't Savoy doing that then? He's 19 he years old, Paul. Savoy went down there and got, I think, three or four points. He had a goal and assist. He had a goal and assist. He had two goals and one assist. He's playing on one of the top teams in the league, which is excellent. He's doing it though, and it's it's easy yeah, for he's him. He's got seven it's points. Too easy for games. him. Yeah, four. And goals, how many games? Four games, four goals, three assists. So in the last three games, he has. So he has seven points in four games. His last three games, he has three goals and two assists. It's too easy for him. I, I, I don't, I don't, but Savoy is a different, different case. I don't think Savoy was even close to NHL ready where I think Benson is close to NHL ready. And I think his development would be better here than it would be there. Being with NHL no, pra- and, and players, not, being in uh, NHL practices. I don't think he looks out of place on the ice or looks like he doesn't have confidence. They have, they could potentially have a very good team there in whatever, however you pronounce Wenatchee or Wentachi yeah. or Wentachi. But the, uh, you don't think that, do we not put any value on going to the World Juniors? I know you do, but then going back to junior, maybe winning a Memorial Cup? I put a lot of value in him going to Team Canada and playing in the World Junior yeah, Tournament. Yeah, I do yes. know that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think, I think well, that, I think that has to happen. No matter where he is, whether he's in Buffalo or or wherever, he needs to do that. They need to release him to do that. And they will. Um, if they want to, yeah, they, they could play him one more game and then wait until uh, training. When is training camp? The second week of December, I believe, for Canada? Uh, I think so, yeah. Canada. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, so you'd have to hold him off until then. And then, yeah, you could send him back to junior like Shane Wright did last year after the world junior that gets him in the second half of the season that gets him into any playoff run. I don't think you play him against Washington anyway, or Pittsburgh. I think you have to go with your most veteran lineup, whatever that means on this team. I think you have to go with your most veteran lineup against the next two teams. I think so, he was one of their better players in the last two games, and I'm going to go with the guy who that, was one of my better players. He He's not sticking out to me like, you know, he's a special player. I think he's a really talented young kid that is 18, that has a lot of time. What I look at is 
I love the idea of sending him back to junior for half a year and letting him go and absolutely shred this and have the pressure on him to perform and produce at a high level, knowing that there's going to be teams that have game plans just for Zach Benson. And then to have the ability to play for your country and go and try and win a Memorial cup. That is the type of stuff that I want for this young man, because when he's 19, he's going to be on the Buffalo Sabres. He's going to be playing here next in the year middle, full in the, time. In the middle part of his games when he was trying to play hurt, I didn't think he was playing a special either. I have really, really liked his game in the last two games that he, since he's come back from injury. I, I, he, the injury, I think, in my mind, obviously was hindering him, and that's probably why they put him on the shelf for a while because of that. And yeah. I've really liked his game the last two, and I, I – I still, I just think he's going to get more out of being in the NHL than than being in junior this year. Is it they have what two more games in this five five game segment, Craig? Well, how many games have they played? Well, right they now? got seven out of eight on the road, and this is Washington is only game three of that. Then they come home for a game. They've played so, how many games? Seventeen games. Seventeen, yeah. Okay, so three more games. So you have you have Washington, Pittsburgh, and who's the next game after that? I got to pull Rangers. 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 Washington, Pittsburgh, Rangers. Washington's back. Pittsburgh's coming back. And the Rangers are there. So a nice test heading into the next few games. It was long ago that we were arguing about Cousins and Middlestat, who should be the number two center. And I was all proud of myself last year because I said, ah, I got Reve. Look at Cousins being that number two center. I kept telling him. And now look at middle stats. So now he can be, he can sit there and say, ah, oh, look at what I said. Look at middle stats. So we were, we were both does, right. I guess. And he does. He just doesn't, he doesn't say it on the show when it, this thing says recording, he says it. So nobody hears him saying how right he is all the time. Trust me. I hear it. I hear it. Don't worry. Uh, so Thanks, yeah, we, were both, we were both right. I guess that's it. You know, listen, I just hope that these guys can get going in the right direction and get some confidence where they can play consistent, consistently on the same level each and every night. And they've got the talent. They've got the tools to do it. Um, it just, it has to be put together, has to be put together. And nothing's so, going to get any better until they do. That's right. Yeah. Thanks, Polly. All right. That'll do it for After the Whistle presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Talk to you tomorrow.